What would you do if God took away your independence, took away your health, so you had to rely on others? Let's talk to Jenny Kemp on this slice of fresh bread. Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville with Pastor Keith and Pastor Brandon. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Bread, podcast number 20. And today, instead of Pastor Brandon, on the other side of the microphone here, we have my wife, Jenny. And the reason we have Jenny is that we're starting the series on suffering, suffering for the Lord. And my wife, Jenny, has a story for all of us who are and will suffer for the Lord. So hello, Jenny. Hi. Is this weird being interviewed by your husband? Just a little. (laughs) Well, don't worry about it, because... You're used to me grilling you all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as we get into suffering, and we're gonna we're gonna talk more in depth with this with Pastor Brandon. But tell the listeners before we dive into suffering how all this started with you. Yeah. So for those that don't know, I have a condition called persistent postural perceptual dizziness, three PD, but. In 2019, when I woke up and was sick, I did not know what it was. So, And that's literally how it started. I woke up on a Saturday morning and I felt really sick. And so I went to the doctor on Monday and was diagnosed with a double ear infection and a sinus infection. You know, took the antibiotics and was supposed to be better. And I kept complaining to the doctor that my dizziness didn't go away. And they kept saying, oh, it'll be fine. You know, just take some time to reset. And it just didn't go away. And here we are four and a half years later and it still hasn't gone away. I've seen a bazillion doctors, and it took two and a half years before I got diagnosed with 3PD, and it's been quite the journey. Did you ever have anybody tell you that it was all in your head? Because I was with you in all of those Mm -hmm. appointments, and they couldn't find anything wrong. Yeah, no one came right out and said that it was all in my head, but definitely, you know, down the road in the process, as MRIs came back normal and as treatments came back as ineffective, there was definitely kind of that undertone or that implication that maybe it was just in my head. Are you still hopeful that this is going to come to an end or have you Mm -hmm. gotten to the point where you're, I guess this is where the Lord has me now? It's a good question. There are days where I feel like in order to be hopeful just in life that I need to be content with where I'm at and be content if this is life for me and then try to balance that at the same time with being hopeful that there is more out there for me. So when this all started, did you ever think it would last even this long? (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. Uh, And I'm glad that the Lord does not reveal time ahead of time. I remember being about three weeks in and it was the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep and I was very, very, very despondent and just like, Lord, I can't take another day of this. And so if I had known after three weeks that it would be four and a half years, (laughs) uh, I don't think I ever would have gotten out of bed. So no, I didn't think it would last this long and I am grateful that I didn't know. I think unless you go through something, you can't really understand what someone's going through. But we had so many people saying, this is, this is going to, it's going to get better. Don't worry about it. And we kept hoping for that too. And then as time went on, it wasn't really getting better. Mm -hmm. We never gave up hope. 
I think you did so much research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is even before COVID. It was a little bit rushed. Like you, you would only get 20 minutes or so with a doctor and they look at you and they go, oh, try this. <laughs> and then you try it and then didn't work, come back and they say, oh, try this. And so they, and then after a while they ran out of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I did have people say, well, maybe you just need to accept this as God's will for your life. And I just never felt like that was his answer for me. I never felt like I needed to stop trying. You know, we talked a lot when we decided to go to the Mayo Clinic because it was such a huge financial decision. And so we talked like, should we take this step? Should we try? How do we know? And I just never felt like God was saying, stop. I just had to keep going until there was literally no other step to take. And it was exciting to go to Mayo Clinic. They had an idea. And the the one doctor that we saw, she just said, yeah, you put you on these meds and they're going to increase it and you're going to be amazed. And, and I think it did help, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what's helped the most yeah. is the diagnosis and the things we've done from Mayo. How far do you think you've come since those early days? Well, I've come a long way since the early days. But if you say, like, how close are you to being 100% from what you were before, I still have a ways to go. Because I know there was a point where if you could drive, that's what we were praying for. So when you became a believer, we all know that we're going to suffer for the Lord. But did you ever believe that you would suffer this much and this long for the Lord? No. <laughs> no, I I thought of suffering in, in different terms, not my own health and not like this, no. Did you ever get to the point where you felt like you had done something wrong, like maybe there was some sin in your life or you you didn't do something that you should have done or mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think hopefully that's a normal thing. Hopefully other people feel like that too. But yeah, I definitely, you know, start to look back and be like, oh, maybe it's because of this. And maybe I didn't do that. And maybe I did do this and just cycled through all of that. As you're searching for a reason why something is happening, it would be so nice to if, you know, one plus two equaled three, but God doesn't always work like that. Sometimes I still felt like if if only we hadn't moved to California, we hadn't gone to seminary, this wouldn't have happened. I just felt like it was, that was something that we could have avoided if we had just done this, if we had just done that. And I think that is a normal thing. The Lord does what he does. And when he does it, he does it for a reason. And there is a reason for it. And, and that's what I was going to ask you next is when we moved out to seminary, we, we did suffer a lot, especially our first, I don't know, first two years were really rough. And I was to the point where I just felt like we were in the wrong place. This is not right. We shouldn't be going through this much hardship if we're doing in the Lord's will. And mm-hmm. so, and over and over, we met people that would come into our lives and they would say, no, you guys are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. This is what the Lord does. And I don't think either one of us really thought that one of us would have a physical mm-hmm. ailment that would that would that would be a suffering part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the question you asked earlier on, did I think I would have to suffer? And it was more like, you know, we suffered together and things happened, but it was a little more removed or a little more external. This was very personal and happening to my my body. And so it was definitely a different kind of suffering. Sometimes when you get a, a health issue, there is a there's a point where you start noticing a decline. And it's frustrating because you can't do anything about it either. But this one was just, you woke up one morning, boom, it it was there. There was no warning. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. It just, you woke up. And we thought, again, like you said, it was a cold. It's going to last a week because everyone gets dizzy. You get a head cold, you're, you're kind of 
disoriented. You're, you can't do things that you want to do, and it goes away. And this one never went away. It was shocking to me that it just continued, and mm-hmm. I just felt horrible. But through all of this, have you, and you kind of mentioned it already, have you ever lost hope? I mean, there was there was definitely times where I was really down, but I don't, I think even in those moments, I wouldn't say I lost hope because my hope is not in myself. My hope is in the Lord. And so I don't think I ever lost hope. It wavered, <laughs> definitely wavered or faltered, but it, it was never lost. Did it ever cause you to read your Bible more or just say, you know what, until I'm healed, I'm out? Yes, to both. And how has this changed you? It's a very open question. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, the the physical, there have been a lot of changes just in a, how I walk and how I carry things. In my previous job, the building I worked in was really big and everything was spread out. And so I would be very deliberate. If I was going to need to make a copy, I would do a bathroom trip and the copier and stop and talk to whoever I needed to. You know, and I do it all very strategically all at the same time because it was just such a long walk. Those are things that healthy people don't have to think about. Mm. So the physical part really changed. You know, my short-term memory isn't as good. I have trouble processing new concepts or things that are difficult to think through. Work around the house is not easy. Um, So thank you for (laughs) emptying the dishwasher for me. But it's changed me, you know, in other ways. And sometimes it's harder for me to do the self-reflection on how it's changed me in those ways. But I do hope that it's grown my compassion for people and my ability to see others in their suffering as well. Yeah, I, I can see that in you. But I think it's made both of us, we really understand health issues in people far more. Mm-hmm. And the change that's happened to me by by being with you going through this is that I have, and I mean, you married a very self-centered guy, and it's how do I make your life better? And I think moving in the Florida here, it's helped you be a little more independent as well. With I mean, as far as the change in you has been amazing to see. That's more on our radar now than it was before. We didn't think of it that way. Somebody suffering for the Lord. First thing in my instincts, and it still is, is I want to take that suffering away. Mm-hmm. I want. How do I relieve you of that? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that. And I know this has brought you closer to the Lord. I've seen a growth in you. How has this changed your relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I think as you go through something like that, or for me, where I was completely dependent on others. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't carry the laundry basket. I can't drive. There was times where I could not walk without holding on to either a person or a wall. And so I was physically completely dependent. And that was just a really good parallel to my spiritual dependence. You know, there's no way I can do it on my own. I have to be completely dependent on the Lord. And so that's really hard. It's humbling, but it is a good lesson to learn. And then, you know, you lived with me, so you saw it more closely than anyone else, but still no one really got it. No one could actually truly relate to how I felt. Like this is 24-7. And and so those moments where I was laying in bed, couldn't sleep, in pain, feeling dizzy, and I'd just be laying there like, I'm so alone. And then I'd remember I'm not, that Christ has gone through everything that I am feeling and experiencing, that he, you know, he was tempted in every way. He experienced everything. 
even to a greater degree because he's God and he was perfect and holy. And so I'm not alone. And my suffering made sense to him. And so that was really comforting, just knowing that the Lord understood me, even if no one else did. Help me help the listeners again, like your dizziness. Explain that again, what that was like. I felt like I was in constant, and I still do, in constant motion. So the best feeling or the best way I can relate is like a bobblehead. I just felt like I like had that kind of constant motion. And thankfully, no, not nauseous, because yeah. that would have added a whole new layer of awfulness to it. Constant motion. Yeah. The world was not. Yeah. Which is very, very rare. So do you feel a special closeness and relationship with the Lord because you're going through something that not everybody understands what this is? This is like a very rare kind of suffering. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I don't try to think of it that way. There were times where I'd be like, God, I wish you didn't think that I was so special. <laughs> I wish that I didn't have this, this gift of suffering that you have given me. So more in a, a jovial or a complaining kind of way, not like, oh, wow, God's really got something great for me because he's chosen me for this. Or I'm really special because no one else has this. Like I don't, I don't think of it that way. Did you ever think it was your husband's fault because he's a <laughs> the Lord has called him into ministry, and so um, I never thought it was your fault. Let's just be so publicly <laughs> clear with that. I know this this might jump the gun a little bit, but it was really interesting. It was really interesting getting this while you were in ministry. And here we were at this little church and you were serving and I was supposed to be alongside serving with you. And I felt like I had just been sidelined completely and I did not understand why I didn't get that. You know, I'm like, mm. I'm supposed to be your teammate and I'm, you know supposed to be wanting to do ministry alongside you and wanting to be involved with church. And yeah, that was hard. Yeah. And I think for both of us, what we went through, you know, in California, we, you know, we haven't shared, I've shared with some of the guys, a lot of what went through with COVID and Pastor Mark going home to be with the Lord was a huge, devastating moment in our lives together. And then to go through all of that and then things happening there that weren't great. And so we decided to leave. And there was a point where I had decided, again, me making decisions, but let's let's just get out of ministry. Let's just uh, see if that helps you get better. <laughs> I actually thought maybe once we got out of ministry, you would, you would actually get better. And I don't know if it's a spiritual battle or whatever it is, but of course we did get out of it for a while and then the Lord called us here. And so it's become part of our our ministry, you know, going through what you're going through and, and sharing with the Lord and sharing with others. So what advice would you give others who are who are going through some kind of similar suffering? You know, I I do think that everyone's suffering is unique and individual to them. Someone can have a loved one die and how they suffer through it and how someone else suffers through it are going to be completely different. So really the best advice or the only advice that I can give is to just keep renewing your mind, to keep thinking on the things that are true, because your emotions are going to come and go. And those 
nights of darkness are going to come and they're going to feel real and it's going to be hard. But if you can repeat to yourself the things that are true and the things that you know about God and you know about the way that he deals with his people, you know, he's your father and he loves his children. And so if you can just cling to the things that you know are true, he will be faithful to you. Do you think that others should embrace the suffering or run from it? Oh, embrace it. <laughs> I mean... Did you embrace I, it right away? It took a while. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a normal... Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think when, when you can separate your emotions and try to think rationally, which takes time for sure, then you can, you can say that you're choosing to not run. Because if you run, it's honestly, it's just going to make it longer and harder because God's not going to let you go. He's not going to be like, oh, look, they escaped. I guess we'll wait to do the suffering some other time. You know, he's going to be like, nope, you're going into the belly of the whale and then you're going to do what I called you to do no matter what. Has it helped you that the Bible is full of stories of the men and women suffering? Yes. Yes. That's been kind of a rock for you. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Psalms are are beautiful, and that's what I love about the Bible is it's so honest. You know, it doesn't just tell you the story of David beating Goliath or, you know, Saul becoming Paul and then escaping from jail. It it tells you about the bad things and the hard things. It talks about Sarah not being able to you know, have children for most of her marriage. And it talks about Paul getting beat up and being shipwrecked. I mean, it, it is very real, and that's why it's relatable. Yeah, I, I think that's why I have a hard time with people who, who say that this should be your best life now, and, you know, Christians shouldn't be sick, and they should be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And hmm. I don't I don't see that in Scripture. All yeah. Has anybody ever said, have you ever gone to a, like a healing service or have you ever tried this or that? Or you just need to have more faith. <laughs> That's kind of what I was, yeah. That's um, usually what they say when you're not healed, right? right? I don't think anyone ever said it in such direct terms, although I did have someone suggest that elders pray for me and, and anoint me with oil which maybe that could be another podcast. <laughs> Is that really what? Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. So no, no one ever came right up and said, like, you must not be doing things right because you're still sick. But there, I mean, again, there was some of that implication on, you know, have you tried this? And if you haven't done this, then that's why this hasn't happened. And yeah, I think some of the, the the men and women the well mostly we our friends a lot of them are pastors, you know. Everyone that every one of those men and their wives never said that to us. They they right. just understood that suffering is part of our walk. Yeah. Our family members I think were confused at first because if you're Christians like especially our non-believing family members were kind of confused. But if you guys are believers then why is this happening? Yeah. And even as believers, we asked that question when we were first in seminary, but we didn't know better. We didn't understand it then, mm -hmm. that this is part of the Christian Christian walk. I think especially with our non-believing family members, 
I wanted to be very careful to have a, a faithful testimony and to not gloss over the difficulty, but to make sure that I was always presenting it as the grace of God is what got me through. It was never anything on my own strength, and I wasn't bitter, and I wasn't angry to God. I never wanted to give that impression to any of my non-believing family members because I always wanted to have a testimony that brought glory to the Lord. Did you ever feel that 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 what happened to you kind of hurt your testimony with them, that they would not want to be believers? If this is being a believer and this is what she's going through, I, I don't want a part of it. No. Good. No, I think... <laughs> I think my non-believing family have other reasons to cast before the Lord on that issue. I don't think it, my suffering did. So does suffering, does your suffering help or hinder your ministry? Well, and this is where I said earlier that maybe I was jumping the gun. And honestly, that's probably been the the hardest part because I feel like I couldn't do ministry and didn't have ministry and so it from my perspective I say it's hindered uh, but only the Lord knows and I would say it's the opposite I would say it's actually helped because it's made you a stronger believer it's made you someone who has gone through the storm and still going through the storm and people want it they gravitate to that you know like Johnny Erickson Tata and other people that have been through that. Those are the people that I would want to hear their testimony. How they've stayed faithful through it all is far better testimony than someone that, that became a believer and just became, you know, a millionaire, whatever, and, and lived happily ever after. I know you always say, when do I have the time to write a book or <laughs> something about it and, and share your story with others? This is it's not the end of your life. It's not the end of your ministry when you go through suffering. No, it just looks different than what I had. It in looks, mind. yeah, a lot different. And we're just getting started with suffering. Brandon and I are going to dig in, and we're going to we're going to ask some some deep questions, and hopefully this will be this will be something that you can take and hold on to when you do go through suffering. Because they always say it's not if you go through suffering; it's when you go through suffering. It doesn't always mean it's going to be. A, a serious physical suffering. It could be financial. It could be something else. But there, but health issues are so is so much a part of our walk because we live in the fallen world, and there are so many things out there that can that can change us. So as we leave, any any parting comments? Was it okay? Did you was it worse than you thought? Better than you thought? <laughs> Being interviewed, it's better than I thought. You feel relieved that it's over? Yes. <laughs> Well, we're hoping that this will be, maybe we can bring more people in into the Fresh Bread studio and talk more. But you're the first, so that's exciting. I don't know how many podcasts this will be, but this is number one. We're going to probably do a couple on suffering. There's, It's a very deep issue, and Pastor Brandon and I will dig into that in the next few. Again, I want to thank my wife, Jenny. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me and getting me prepared ahead of time. Well, I had to because you made me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good, so... We'll see you next time on Fresh Bread. You've been listening to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church, Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org.